This is Crime Connections, and we're your host. I'm Jackie. And I'm Sarah. On Thursday, January 27th of 2022, around 11.30 a.m., Emma Roark, a 20-year-old autistic female, left her home to go for a walk along the river in Rancho Cordova, California. Five to six hours later, and Emma still had not returned home. Her family became concerned after not being able to get a hold of her and decided to call the Rancho Cordova Police Department to report her missing, and it was around approximately 6 p.m. She was described as a white woman standing 5'4 with blue hair and medium build. Police say that she had a tattoo of a blue triangle on top of a black triangle on her left bicep and was last seen wearing a black t-shirt, black skirt, and black Converse high-top tennis shoes. Her family did tell police that she had her phone but did not take her wallet. Two days went by before the Rancho Cordova police started looking after her being reported missing, which we have seen in the past, and when it comes to missing people, time is of the essence. And so, according to Reddit and WebSleuths, there was like no local coverage about her missing at all. The police also keep saying that she was walking down a secluded area, when according to many locals, it was not secluded at all. There are a lot of homeless people living there, and there are neighborhoods within yelling distance, and also a bunch of locals came forward in those websites saying that it's a highly trafficked walking trail, that there are people constantly biking, walking their dogs, and you know, all that sort of thing. So then on January 29th, they finally began an extensive effort over the next four days looking for Emma. The search included the Rancho Cordova Police Department, the Sheriff's Office, Park Rangers, Search and Rescue personnel, and dogs, air support, and drones. Three days after Emma went missing on January 30th, the Rancho Cordova Police Department posted on their Facebook page asking for the community's help in the whereabouts of Emma. On the Rancho Cordova PD's Facebook page, the post contained a missing persons alert with her photo and some basic information. I did read the comments and it looked like a few people had seen her walking on the side of the road. Uh, The community was now supposedly on high alert according to a news article and tips flooded in early including possible sightings that were crucial in the case. On February 2nd, less than a mile down the road from her family's home, the Rancho Cordova Police Department detectives and Sacramento County Sheriff's Office homicide detectives discovered a body of an adult female that they believe to be that of Emma Roark, who was reported missing that Thursday, January 27th of 2022. The body was quote-unquote found in a secluded rural area at the river access on El Monto. The victim had not been formally identified by the Sacramento County Coroner's Office. The victim's remains were under a series of tarps near the riverbank. Her body had been bound with rope and raised toward the tree branches, the warrant had said. Like I said before, the people and media kept saying that it was a secluded area, but the locals say the complete opposite. Uh, Many of the residents walk the trails daily, and there were also, like I was saying, hundreds of of homeless people living along the river in tents. So inside the tent slash hanging tarp, deputies found a deceased female adult. According to a 13-page arrest warrant, 
which was part of the charging documents. The female was naked from the waist down. Her legs and arms were tied up with a rope and pulled upward to the tree branches above her. The rope was tied to the tree branches. The woman was Emma, the arrest warrant said, and she had been dragged and repeatedly sexually assaulted and strangled with a foot-long leash around her neck. Oh my God. I know. It's so uh, so sad. Mm-hmm. Emma's phone was not in or around the scene at so it was still unknown where that was. The Sacramento County Coroner's Office came to the scene and took custody of the remains to perform an autopsy to determine the cause of death. The Rancho Cordova Police Department said that the body matched the description of Emma, age 20. I am assuming they were able to identify the body by the tattoos mentioned above. Um, because other than that, well, that probably in her blue hair. Police also stated that they suspected foul play according to the scene and evidence. Uh, No suspect nor any further information was available at that time. So then on February 4th of 2022, investigators declared her death as a homicide, even though they were still waiting on an autopsy results from the Sacramento County Coroner's Office to determine the cause of death. Rancho Cordova Police Chief Brandon Luke called Emma's death a very gruesome crime. An autopsy showed that she was strangled, and DNA was found at the scene according to the warrant. Oh. On Friday, February 11th, 2022, the Rancho Cordova Police Chief Brandon Luke held a news conference in which during he had said that the DNA evidence from the scene led to investigators to identify a man, Mikolo Morgan Rawls. He became the number one suspect in Emma's death. Rawls is a 37-year-old homeless man from Rancho Cordova. He was arrested on suspicion of murder, rape by means of force, violence or fear, and sodomy, according to the jail records. As the police looked further into Rawls' background, it was clear that he had a criminal record in Sacramento County, stretching back at least to around 2005. His DNA was in law enforcement database as a result. Oh, that is how they found he was connected to the murder. Oh, okay, okay. The court documents outline Rawls' criminal history, including a 2017 burglary conviction, an arrest for weapons possession, assault, receiving stolen property, drug possession, and possession of a stun gun. Rawls pleaded no contest in 2018 to burglary and sentenced to a year in custody and five years of probation. Online court records show he violated his probation twice, once in October of 2020, and then again in June of 2021. He also pleaded no contest in June 2021 to a misdemeanor count of resisting an officer and was given a 105-day sentence, records had shown. Barnes declined to provide any specific details about the forensic evidence that led to a DNA match, except to say that we were able to confirm that we know it was Mr. Rawls. On February 14th of 2022, it came out that two days after Emma's disappearance, so that would have been January 29th of 2022, an unnamed man reportedly brought Emma's mobile phone to investigators. He claimed that... Rawls sold it to him after telling the witness not to say where he got it from, according to the arrest warrant. Which I think this is, they did not take her missing seriously, I feel like, until they received the phone. Right. Which is, sucks. 
So then Rawls later told detectives that he purchased the phone from someone else and denied ever seeing or meeting Emma. The man who purchased Emma's phone from Rawls allegedly also called the victim's father and told him that Rawls sold him Emma's phone, according to NBC-affiliated KCRA. Then the police also said that prior to Emma's body being found, were suspecting Rawls and had already questioned him after finding out about the cell phone. When he was questioned, Rawls claimed that he had seen a man named Jake who carried a lot of electronics and he had dropped a cell phone near Carmichael Park and when he had picked it up, Jake had told him just to keep it, according to the warrant. On Friday, February 11th, Rawls, 37, was arrested after DNA tied him to the crime. He now faces felony charges including kidnapping, rape, sodomy, and murder with three special circumstances that could lead to prosecutors seeking the death penalty. The defendant is being detained in the Sacramento County main jail without bail. He is due in court Tuesday, February 15th for his first appearance. Now, it's obviously after February 15th, um, but there was no information on what happened during the court hearing. Um, All I could find that he is to be seen again in court May 20th of 2022 which I thought okay so that would be like a nice like we can update once we have more information after the court date yeah because I don't know if maybe they didn't have time I don't know what the first court date was in regards to it didn't really say like maybe he was just being formally charged I really have no idea yeah I couldn't really find any information on it but he is in jail and without bail which is good I saw on a few news articles that the locals are mentioning how there have been three to five bodies found in this area, which is making me think that the homeless population could have something to do with it. It's unfortunately a very crime population. Um, Well, is it like the homeless people are the ones in between the three to five that are going missing in this area? Or is it other people? It's other people and then they're... The locals are thinking the homeless are doing things to them and then just disregarding their bodies. Right. Sort of thing. You know, like we have said it before and I'll say it again. With things like this, everyone I always feel like is wanting to see a serial killer. And so they're trying to, you know, connect this Rawls guy with other killings and Obviously, if that were the case, they would have arrested him prior just because they already had his DNA in the system. He's not a very good criminal, obviously. Exactly. Yes. And so I would urge people to really not just willy nilly say whatever is on their mind um, unless they can find an actual connection to each case. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I saw that a few times. So I just wanted to mention that because when you're putting these rumors and these theories out that you have literally no evidence towards it kind of distracts the police and then there's a lot of evidence that they could have found if they weren't distracted with other things well and it can also be one of those things where it's like people that are going to that area and they think oh this guy's been taken care of well if it's not him doing all of these crimes or these murders Mm -hmm. and then people just think that's the thing they'll let their guard down and then they could potentially be like the next victim you know yeah and we don't know if each case like is a different situation like there could be sexual assaults it could be robberies it could be you know just like acts of violence and it led to death like 
we don't know unless obviously we Google them what each scenario mm-hmm. was. Exactly. And I didn't want to get into every missing person um, in the area because I've been down that road and it ends up being, unfortunately, a lot more people than we ever would imagine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is not our first case that we have covered when it comes to a person with mental health issues or disabilities or being on the spectrum that has become a victim of a violent crime. So I looked into the statistics of this and children with disabilities are about three times more likely to be a victim of abuse or neglect than a non-disabled child. Children with autism are bullied more often than other children, although they can occasionally be bullies themselves, according to the research by the Interactive Autism Network. Many of the 1.5 million Americans with autism spectrum disorders face potentially life-threatening issues as a result of their inherent traits and behaviors. Autism lends itself to guileless and trusting behavior, which makes people with the disorder prime targets for abuse, thievery, and scams. According to the Department of Justice, people with developmental disabilities, including autism, have a four to ten times higher risk of becoming crime victims and are twice as likely to be sexually abused as people without disabilities. Or making matters worse, sexual assault crimes are extremely making matters worse, sexual assault crimes are extremely underreported. The Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network estimates that only 300 out of an estimated 1,000 rapes that occur each day in the United States are actually documented. And someone that is on the spectrum, sometimes they have a lot harder of a time to discuss, I would say, these types of things um, with someone. And so it definitely would go underreported or not reported at all. Yeah. Or they might like, you know, they might say something and someone doesn't take them seriously, even though Mm -hmm. it is the truth, you know? Yeah. Or they might not have someone to even tell, depending on their situation. Yeah. That is a short and quick one, but it's... It's recent. It's really recent. Yeah. We we never do recent ones, but I found this and I thought it was so sad because so many people, uh, local people, kept saying there was no news coverage on this and there really wasn't. I found almost all my information on two articles and that was all that there was. And then I got a lot of information from the locals and things like that from what they were commenting and saying. So... She deserves a lot more. A spotlight just like anyone else. Yeah. And so I just wanted to put her case out there so people are aware. And Yeah. And I feel like that's like the least we can do. Like I know that we're not like we don't have 10 million people listening every day. But like maybe that one person does listen to it and it does help her get out there. Exactly. Yeah. And as always, thank you guys for listening. We so, so, so appreciate it. Go ahead and follow us on Crime Connections on Facebook or Crime Connections Pod on Instagram. And join us next week as we cover another case. Thanks, guys. Thank you.